I think that some leaders absolutely recognize what shifts they need to make and that they need to do a better job of recruiting women and other minorities that are not represented in the industry, They that they need to do a better job of recruiting, but will focus on women into the industry. And they're doing that and they're working on that and they're making those investments. But I think that to your point, plenty aren't there yet. Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Hey, Construction Nation, welcome to Lead with Trust. And in this episode, we are kicking off a series that we're going to do on bringing women into construction and maybe not just women, but others trying to grow our workforce because it's a real critical problem for the industry. And so we're going to do a series that'll be at least six parts. And this is the first one. And Emily Cohen, this is her brainchild. Uh, She really sees the need, and so she's here today to co-host with me on this episode to make sure that uh, we kick it off right and you can understand what it is we're trying to achieve with this series. So a little bit about Emily is that she's the Executive Vice President at United Contractors Association, where she oversees government relations, public policy, political advocacy, and communications. Over her tenure at UConn, Emily has secured over $90 billion in funding for the industry through local and state ballot measures and legislation, and she's secured dozens of bills to improve the business environment, increase safety, expand market share for California union signatory contractors, which is what UConn focuses on. In addition to that, She is the founder of EHC Content, where she helps businesses and leaders develop messaging and storytelling strategies to enhance their mission, develop their voice, create more influential brands. So we all need that as well. So I hope that you enjoy this episode where we're going to give you some overview on why we think this series is so essential at this time. Let's jump in. Hey, welcome to Lead with Trust. This is Sue Dyer. And today I have a co-host, Emily Cohen. Welcome, Emily. Thanks, Sue. I'm excited to uh I'm excited to be here and I I hope I can um be half the co-host you are. How oh, well, you are. together, we're, <laughs> we're going to be so great. We, it will be hard to understand. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> so, so Emily's here because this is her brainchild that she asked me, it is about time 
that we really got serious about bringing more women into construction because the workforce needs it. And so uh, today she is going to help us kick off a series that Lead with Trust is going to do. It's going to last at least for six different episodes. It'll be staggered and we may even continue on after that if you all think that it is worthwhile. So Emily, tell me a little bit and tell everyone about, you know, what you see as the need. Yeah, well, first thing, thanks for having me and thanks for saying yes to this. You know, I I throw I throw out a lot of ideas. Uh so I I always am amazed and appreciative when people say yes <laughs> and go. Uh so I'm I'm excited about this. I thought we needed to do something like this. Well, really the, the series which I'm I'm so excited about and grateful to you for you know working through it and jumping in and saying yes but there are some really incredibly talented women out there across the industry in all kinds of careers there's also um some growing like budding movements to support women in the industry from the trades to executive level and then the third part of it is we need to do something for this industry right now to to bring more people in and more talent in and i know we're going to get into it a little later but the number of women in construction percentage wise is abysmal it's a big fat f as far as grades go and um and we have a workforce shortage and a talent shortage and the answer is right in front of us and so i want us to start having conversations together you know anyone willing to listen anyone willing to participate anyone willing to lean in and start having these conversations together so we can figure out what we can do together to bring women into this industry. Yeah, you know, and you and I both have been in the industry for, well, I've been in there for 40 years. This is my 40th mm-hmm. year. And I love construction. And I really think that the doors are open or can be open, need to be open to more women entering into construction in in all sorts of different ways, but certainly in the workforce and in supporting projects and supporting design and supporting construction management. There's, I mean, there's so many different ways that women could come in and help. I know I did some research for this just so we could look it up, but it was interesting that it's a half a billion jobs mm-hmm. that are going unfilled right now a half a billion yeah it's pretty remarkable it's crisis mode it, it 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 really is and i see it on every project that i'm working on like we can't get mm-hmm. enough people mm-hmm. your the projects are slowing down and they're not able to deliver in the time frames that we're used to because they don't have enough people and if someone gets sick or someone leaves, which is happening a lot now too. Uh, we're also seeing like subcontractors going, look, I'm just going to walk. They just walk off the job and say, sue me because they can't perform. Right. The other trend that I heard about was that we need to attract 650,000 workers just to keep pace 
with the pace we've had this year, the growth that's, that's happening this and year. And that's this year we have, because of the IIJA, the federal infrastructure bill, you know, California alone, so where I live uh, and work, California has $45 billion coming down the pipe for infrastructure, for heavy civil infrastructure over the next decade. So we need to ramp up now for that. And that's just heavy civil. You know, we're not even talking about housing and other forms of construction and infrastructure. Absolutely. The other thing that I that I knew that this was true, but I didn't realize that we were on like at a pinnacle level, that 20% of our workers are 55%. Mm-hmm. The people that are out there right now are 55 years old. And the average retirement age is 61. So in five years, we're going to lose another 20% of our seasoned workforce. Yes. In the private sector, and also, you know, we're seeing this uh, inside of agencies too. Uh, the, the California Department of Transportation, for example, they're facing this right now as well. We call it the silver tsunami. There's a huge amount of people retiring, and there are not nearly enough people coming into uh, coming into the industry to replace them uh let alone to to increase to get where we need to go so it is, it is a crisis it is real it impacts companies it, it they're seeing that right now it impacts their bottom line it also impacts our ability as an industry to get things done to innovate to finish you know on, let alone to finish on time and on budget to grow and succeed in this in this space so yeah, we got to do this. We got to do this. We really do. And so tell me about your thoughts about bringing women in. So I know that it probably reminds me of years ago when people thought about having women as uh, working in, in the army or in the armed forces mm-hmm. or pilots or uh, firemen or policemen. That we it's very similar, and and yet today we sort of just accept that that's normal. Yeah, I think that using the the military is a good example when we talk about bringing women into construction. When we think about the military, decades ago, I mean, a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, and even today, um, it's happening. It's happening, but very very slowly. But I think construction, similar to the military is a space where for a century or two, (laughs) women were not wanted. They were actively not wanted. And women knew that and and sort of still feel that. And that's not something that you can just change overnight. Oops, sorry, we got that wrong. We need need, uh, talent now. Uh, Come join us. We love you. We're so happy you're here. It's not going to happen like that. There is a lot of behavior and culture consciously and mostly, I think, um, subconsciously that has made it hard or harder for women to be in the industry. But it is starting to change. And um, and none of that changes the fact that it's an incredible industry and it can be an incredible industry for women, too. And it's an incredible industry, as you know, uh, as much or more than anyone for talented problem solvers to come into. It's a great place, especially as we look towards the future of this industry and what it can be and what it needs to be. It is 
a remarkable space for people who believe in and want to work together to solve problems, to build things, to design things, construct things, to manage things, and to see the fruits of their labor, you know, come to life. It, it, construction is so awesome because you really see, you see the results of what you put into it. So all that is to say, you know, it's a remarkable industry, but it has not welcomed women. And we are starting, it is starting to change now. It's slower than we all want um, because change can take time when it's been ingrained for a really long time one way and you start to shift in a new direction. But it's happening. We are seeing companies invest in you know, diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion. They're you know, bringing on consultants. They're bringing in even staff uh, members to try to run initiatives and to try to make the recruitment and retention and development uh, of women a real thing for their companies and for the industry. And so it's happening, you know, it's happening slower than I want to see it happen or we all want to see it happen, but it's happening. And I I do think that there will be a watershed moment, let's say any minute now. And women are starting to come into the industry. I mean, we are seeing that. Even though the numbers are really, really low, they're increasing and they're in they're they're increasing pretty pretty quickly. And so I I hold hope that, you know, a decade from now and 25 years from now, uh, we will see the industry look like society, which is kind of 50-50. It's interesting because um, what, I, what I found in my research is that 1.5% of the workforce in construction mm-hmm. now is female. Mm-hmm. And and so even if we triple that, it's still going to be a relatively small amount. And so I, I think about, you know, working, working, you said for 40 years in construction, what I found is that a lot of the perceptions people have about the differences between men and women, well, there, certainly there are differences, but there, we have more things in common than we do different. And even those things that we think are different, what I my working with with the construction folks is that they're, they're, even those are not that different. Right. We we all still kind of want the same things, uh, but I think that there are barriers. Like I still wonder if the leaders in construction, construction companies, CM firms, do they even realize that the talent pool is so dried up that they really need to be looking for alternatives? I think, well, they definitely know that there is a a worker shortage. They see that and they feel that and it is impacting their bottom line every day. I think that some leaders absolutely recognize what shifts they need to make and that they need to do a better job of recruiting women and other minorities that are not represented in the industry, they, that they need to do a better job of recruiting, but will focus on women into the industry. And they're doing that and they're working on that and they're making those investments. But I think that to your point, plenty aren't there yet. I think some of that is that, well, I think there's two things happening there. One is, you know, the saying, you cannot be what you cannot see. And 
people don't see the solution as obvious as, I don't know, maybe you or me or others, um, because they don't, it's not, they're, they're working around men all day, every day. And their, their mentors were men and they were brought into, into the industry by men. And they sit at the leadership tables with men all day and out in the field. So they don't, you know, go, oh, women. <laughs> so some are able to make that shift and understand it and are making the investments. Others are, you know, I think having a harder, a harder time with that. The other barrier I think about often, I think there's still this belief that construction, even in the year, you know, 2022, 2023, even in this era, is that it really just comes down to physical strength. And that, you know, like the military or firefighting and that women aren't as physically strong as men. So this is not the space for them. And that couldn't be further from the truth and the reality of it. Uh, one, women are physically strong enough to do this work, but also what this industry needs in addition to that is problem solvers, people that are good with relationships, people that think ahead, people that are innovative, uh, people that work hard. And so the more we start to see women succeeding in the industry, the more people will begin to believe that it can happen and it can work for their businesses. Uh, and the more I think women will want to come into the industry. They need to see themselves an image of themselves in the industry first for some. Not everybody's going to be a groundbreaker. But um, but I think that those are some of the, the barriers that we have to get past. Since my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, The Trusted Leader, came out last February, so many of you have asked me to create a course based on my book. So I've spent this year developing the Trusted Leadership course, Go Farther Faster by Using Trust. And I'm so excited to announce that this self-study and also group coaching course will be ready for launch in January of 2023. It has six modules that will be transformative for you and your leadership. And I guarantee that you will get a breakthrough to the next level of trust in a challenge that you and your team face. And the group coaching is there to support you every step of the way and answer your questions and learn from others. I'm so excited. And I hope that you will jump on over to sudico.com slash course, sudyco.com slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E, and reserve your spot today. Now back to the show. Yeah, and it would just made me think too about just the barriers women have in their own mind about the mm -hmm. industry as well. The uh, stereotypical uh, whistling and and maybe uh, derogatory comments and things like that to women. Yes, uh, which my experience is sure there's some of that, but my experience has been is that in construction. They don't care if you're purple, green, and came from Mars. If you can do the job, they're like, come on down. They're, they're, yes. pretty, they're pretty darn open 
compared to some other industries I've worked with where it's actually there's greater barriers than I find in construction. It's just that the stereotypes are not conducive with really attracting women. I agree. I think that the stereotypes hold women back from wanting to get into the industry because they think that it's something in their minds that it that it isn't and that it that it isn't anymore it's actually a great industry and i agree with you i've been in and around it for, for over a decade well over a decade and yes there is some sexism and yes there is some misogyny and yes i think that exists in every industry i don't think you could wholly escape that that but you can be part of the solution and i think that this industry more than any other industry I've, I've ever seen, rewards hard work and talent above all else. And you can have an incredibly rewarding and fulfilling career in construction. If it works for you, if you're willing to work hard, if you're innovative, if you're a problem solver, um, you know, if you enjoy team work. I agree with you. I don't think it matters who you are or your background or where you come from or what color you are, what your gender is. There is a place and there is a space for you here. And the companies that act on that are the companies that are going to succeed. The companies that act on that are the companies that will succeed. The ones that are moving to recruit and retain and develop a diverse workforce based on talent and hard work, those are the companies that we are going to see soar over this next generation. And the ones that cannot adapt to that truth, they're not going to make it. They can't, they can't make it. They're going to run out of people. So a couple of things come to my mind. One is that, uh, okay, if I'm a union contractor, which all over the country, a lot of people aren't, but there are people who are, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really create my workforce. They do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> so what's interesting. So at United Contractors, all of our, all of our companies, all of the heavy civil construction companies that we represent are signatory to the trades. Uh, and we're very proud of that. And California is very union friendly state. Um, but it is interesting, you know, a lot, we, we have to remind elected officials sometimes when it comes to policy and worker mandates and hiring mandates. Uh, a huge percentage of our construction companies' employees that they, they come from the union hall. But we've spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time talking to our union partners about this. They are as aware of it as anybody that there is a recruitment problem. We share the problems, we share the solutions, and we are all equally as invested in bringing more women into the industry. They, they know this too. And that's, um, you know, the carpenters have launched this all-female pre-apprenticeship program. And I really had to, and I heard about it. They told me about it. I was like, this sounds, this sounds really cool. Okay, fine. That's great. And then I go see it. And it's all women, pre-apprenticeship, out. It's like 95 degrees. We go out there to tour it. And they're out there working 
being mentored, working together. There's like probably 20 of them. And just to sit and watch them. I know this sounds so silly, but it was kind of transformational to just watch for about 20 minutes, all women in their hard hats, in their gear, working together, doing work that has so traditionally been a space for just men and to watch just women do it and working together. And then they came over to us sort of one by one or in small groups and started talking to us about why they love the industry. And they like introduced themselves. Hi, my name is so-and-so and this is my background. This is where I'm from. And, you know, hoping to be hired on when they were done. And it was moving. It really stuck with me. It's why I actually went to you right after I saw that. Said, we have to do something here. They are working so hard, so dedicated to making this career work for them. And these are women in the trades, right? They, they're going to, they want to, they want, these are women, um, you know, with the carpenters union, but it was so awesome to see. And then to see them come and talk to us and present to us one-on-one about who they are, their mothers, you know, their wives, they are excited to be in this career, uh, why they chose it, what the challenges are, what the opportunities are. Um, and I just thought this has to be the future we create for this industry. This has to be the future. These women are awesome and they have overcome major barriers and they are doing this and they are the future of this industry. And I think that our union partners know this and are looking for ways to embrace this and to capture this opportunity to bring more women into the trades as well as you know our end of it which is bringing women into uh management positions and leadership positions and project managers because there's and so owners much of construction companies and owners of construction <laughs> companies yes yes so there's there is room for women in this industry from the field to the c suite and everywhere in between Talking when you're talking about the field, it reminds me of my mother. <laughs> during, during World War II, my mom was like Rosie the Riveter. She worked mm-hmm. on riveting the and boats in submarines. She was small enough she could crawl into these spaces and do the welding mm-hmm. that other people couldn't fit. Yeah, and then yeah. after that, she started doing insulation in airplanes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's like, you know, there was a, all the women in World War II were out doing things. Yes. And and they did a great job at it. Well, I think we're seeing, you know, not to compare it to a world war, but we're having a similar moment where we need women to come into the industry. And, uh, you know, the, the, the difference now, I think, is women are in the work. Women are very much in the workforce, but they're not choosing construction. And so we've, we're not trying to get them out of the home and into construction. We're trying to get them to choose construction over another career. And so that is a different challenge. Um, but I want to go back. Your the story you just told reminds me, I'm going to tell a story someone else told me. So hopefully it lands. But Donna Rearman, a past president of United <laughs> Contractors, head of Stomper, 
and just like an awesome and remarkable woman in the industry uh, and CEO, tells this story, um, their demolition, big demolition company. And they were doing some demo, I think at a place in San Francisco, and they needed to uh, untangle all of these wires that were really high up. And individual after individual, man after man after man was doing it, getting frustrated, giving up, couldn't do it. And uh, they had one woman uh, on the job site and she goes up, this tiny little woman, as Donna describes her, she goes up and with all the patience in the world, fits into this little space, undoes everything, comes down. And it really stuck with, with Donna that, you know, how patient she was and what a problem solver she was. And that there's so many women out there like that, that, you know, have a place in this industry and could contribute to it. I don't know why, just thinking about like a tiny little woman fitting into some space and so, reminding me of the story you were telling about your mom. It, it's true. You know, the, the, the stamina, women tend to have a lot of stamina. Mm-hmm. They, may, they may not be as strong, but they're going to continue on and on and on until it gets Yeah. Done. Yeah. And, 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 and I know some of it's just stereotypes too. Like some, Many women are incredibly strong and and um, yes. can lift the same and run the same and do the same. But either way, whether you consider yourself a really physically strong woman or not, there is a place for you to contribute in big and meaningful, important ways in the construction industry, whether awesome. you are 90 pounds or 200 pounds or anything in between and above. You know, there is a place for you, no matter what your uh, muscle mass is. It reminds me, too, of uh, any martial art. Yeah. You do not need to be big. Yes. To be powerful. That's right. That's the name. Maybe you just named this episode. Yeah, it's very the other true. Thing, the other thing that I'm hearing, you know, uh, for all everybody out there that owns a construction company or wants to grow a construction company, this seems like a pivotal time to create a competitive advantage for yourself. Yes, I mean that is so. That is so true. Um, the companies that are embracing this, and there are companies embracing this. Those are the companies where the where talented people are going to want to go. That's where they're going to want to work. I mean, we already know this loud and clear from Gen Z and the, you know, the younger generations. They want to go work for companies that are, one, doing important, meaningful work for their communities and for the world. I personally think the construction industry falls beautifully into that space. You are doing important and meaningful work for your community. Um, uh, and for for the world, almost no matter what you're building. So I just think that we we are a perfect fit for Gen Z in that space. But the second thing that's so important to them is that they're working for a company that values them as an individual, as an actual human being, and not just a widget maker. And that they can bring their whole selves, and they want to work in a place where there is diversity. They are very clear about this and study after study after study, the next generation, the younger generations, they want to go work for companies 
that have diversity in the space, where there are men, where there are women, where there are people of all different colors and creeds and perspectives. And they want to see that and they want to know that um, they who they are, their authentic selves uh, can be brought into the workplace and accepted. And so on uh, the construction uh, industry, I think those that embrace that will have a big advantage and those that resist it will do so at their own peril. I, I think I'm so excited about this, this series we're going to do right now. We've got six parts, but if you guys give us feedback that you really like this and want to do some more and get some more ideas, there's so many people that we could bring into the series. So give us your feedback and let us know. But we are going to be, uh, this This is our first launch in January. And then we are going to continue on every other, once a month with another great woman or someone talking about bringing women into construction for this series. And we might last the whole year for it. We'll see. Or we might do six months and and then have tools that you can share these with people in your organization, in your associations, in in your team to just talk about, you know, look, at this is what's happening in the industry. What are we going to do? How can we do this? Do we want to do this? And then just start the conversation and keep the conversation going. Yeah, awesome. Um, I want to say, but just before this ends, so I was just thinking is, as you were um, noting all those things, how important men in the industry are for this conversation and for this work, that they are the vast majority of people currently in the construction industry and to have them as our allies and partners and advocates in this work and in recruiting and bringing women into this industry is so important. You know, my um, greatest mentor is uh, a man in the industry and has helped me be a better, stronger female leader for the industry. So men are such an important part of this. And I, I didn't want this to end without um, without saying Oh, I, I agree 110%. Plus, I really think that sometimes like what, when I became the executive director at, at what's UConn now, the men didn't know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't their wife. I wasn't their sister. I wasn't their mother. Mm-hmm. I wasn't their cousin. Uh, they really didn't know how. So you sort of have to be kind and helpful and help them understand this, this is okay. It's okay. And mm-hmm. we can we can have a very strong, powerful, uh, working relationship. And it, it can be really awesome. I, I know that... Uh, for many people, they just don't know and they can't know until they do it. And and then we all need to be helpful, whether a male, female, whatever, you need to help each other to embrace each other. Yeah. And that's why I think conversations like this and conversations with male leaders and people in the industry all across the industry from leaders of construction companies to union leaders and everybody in between just having these conversations and having them in productive, enlightening ways, you know, where people can speak honestly and openly about their concerns and their thoughts and their opinions and not be shot down or pushed out because of it or told that they're, you know, bad or, you know, that's sexist and get out, you know, that is not uh, what will help drive this industry forward. But, you know, bringing people in 
to the conversations and helping open minds. That's how we'll do this, but we will do this. It's going to happen. And you, it's always got to be with kindness and caring about everyone because then it will open up and everyone will understand and everyone can help each other. Yeah. Well, you know, that is, um, you could just take that and apply it to anything across the world. <laughs> just uh, kindness, kindness and an open heart and an open mind. We can, we can solve anything and we can could do any, we could do big work together with open hearts and open minds and kindness. So, and this industry is no exception. That's true. So I look forward to uh, the, all these wonderful episodes we're going to have and uh, for your idea of this. And then uh, we will come back maybe at the end and talk about it. Sounds great. Well, thank you for saying yes. I think this is awesome. I know you're going to be interviewing some incredible, uh, talented, interesting women and individuals in this space. And um, and I'm really excited for, for what this is going to do and for what the listeners and viewers are going to get out of it. I think it's going to be so awesome. So thank you, Sue, just thank always you. stepping into stuff like this. It's so amazing. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, right back at you. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for this industry. What an industry. It is awesome. I love. There's nothing I love more than the construction industry. Yeah, it's a good one. So anybody listening that's looking for a new career and you're not in, if they're not in construction, I hope that they will really uh, look towards it because it is just filled with great people. Amen. Amen. Okay, Construction Nation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. Every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com slash profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile. And you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.